Hello and welcome to The Year Ends in One, a Tottenham Hotspur podcast bringing lifelong Spurs fans of several generations together to reminisce, forecast and assess the current state of their beloved football club. My name's Ian Wallace and I'll shortly introduce you to my fellow participants in this podcast. But first, I just wanted my fellow participants to explain the notion of the year ends in one. So if I could pass over to one of my colleagues and he'll start to tell you. Hi there. Um, As a notion, the year ends in one, to remind or inform anyone who's not aware, refers to a quite incredible idiosyncrasy which goes right the way back to 1901, whereby the club achieved league title, or I suppose much more commonly FA Cup success, um, almost every 20th century year ending in one. The FA Cup in 1901 and 1921, the English top flight championship in 51, League and Cup double in 61, becoming the first team to do so since Aston Villa way back in 1897, and the Cup again in 81 and 91, there was also a League Cup in 71. And for those who don't actually know, they also won the Ipswich Hospital Charity Cup in 1951 as well. Who knew that? Um, and in harmony with this, um, I have uh, alongside me five gentlemen, all Tottenham through and through, and four of them being of ages ending in one to carry on the, with the year ends in one tradition. So... First of all, we've got my son of 11 years old, as Casper Wallace. Hello. Uh, then we've got 21-year-old Simeon Wright. Hello. We've got Sim's father, Peter Wright, age 61. Yeah, and of course, my, my age, of course, signifies the unfortunately distant year of our last league title triumph. And also we've got 41-year-old Ricky Sparbrick. Hello. Um... And last but not least, I'm delighted to say we have within our ranks the son of legendary Spurs double winner John White, co-writer of The Ghost in Search of My Father, The Football Legend, a stunning book about the, his late great father John White. Um, and also, he, if I'm correct, Rob, you were a supervising producer on a short film called The Ghost recently. Correct. correct, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, and and I've, I've, we were lucky enough, me and my son Casper were lucky enough to go to the, um, the screening of the film and it's a brilliant emotive uh, short film and it's quite emotional because it was on Father's Day if I remember right. Yeah it was, yeah thank yeah. you. It was, uh, yeah. And how, how, how can people uh, see this film? Good question, I'm asked that lots and I don't know the answer is always, is the, is the, 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 the issue is not really an issue. Um, when it first when it came out, it was in for a lot of awards. Yeah. And when it does that, it goes on to like an embargo, basically where it can't be on any sort of release oh, until okay. it's been um, judged. Yeah. That was all through, and then it was supposed to go. Last thing I heard, it was supposed to go on some sort of uh, pay per view platform, but that hasn't happened as yet. Okay. But I'll push that along. Thanks okay. for reminding me. Brilliant. And we possibly might see in Rob's uh, social media yeah, channels. Yeah. If anyone hopefully, wants to email uh, me, I can just send them a dodgy link to it. Yeah, I, I, I've actually got a dodgy link. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, but it's, it's a great film, so I thoroughly recommend anyone who's listening to try and uh, you know reach out to Rob and possibly get to see that. Um, before we tackle the agenda, um, I must also give an honourable mention to Ricky's son, Frankie, who's one, so keeping up the theme of uh, ending in one, who has seen us in as many Champions League finals as any of us around this table. And finally, to cap off the notable age quirks, Casper was born uh, just two days after our very last trophy success in 2008, meaning he and Frankie age one, 
have seen us lift as much major silverware in the last 11 years as us old people around the table, which is absolutely nothing. It's too long. Yeah. <laughs> Very much too, too long. Yes, yes. So let, let, let's just try and keep a, a bit of a positive yeah. theme and not be uh, <laughs> yeah. negative about that. It might so, be difficult for some people around this table. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> we should, we should my, my be. My glass is half full. No. <laughs> I think every Spurs fan is uh, glass is half full. Possibly later on we'll go around and sort of see uh, if our attitude to life is glass full or uh, half empty. So um, we're going to got a few questions we're going to go through. So um, to get the ball rolling straight away, we're going to go in with what orig- originally brought you to support Spurs? And was there any particular game, moment, player or thing that hooked you for life? So I think this is quite, um, obviously a lot of people have a lot to say about this. The older ones must be more than the younger ones. So I think this makes sense to approach this chronologically um, with Peter, hopefully not being ageist that you're 61. So we'll start with uh, you first. So Peter, where did it all uh, begin for you? Wow. Well, Ian, I I find myself sort of like alarmingly uh, being the elder statesman around this this table, which... um, I guess that that throws us into the mid sixties. Um, growing up in South London, going to a school slightly maybe to the west of that, it was a large Chelsea contingent, and I guess Ooh. yeah, yeah. I guess the the glamour clubs of the South were Chelsea, Spurs, and I guess I suppose Arsenal, uh, and then you had um, um, the glamour club of the north, which was Manchester United with Best Charlton and Law and. Of the Munich thing had not not long before that had happened, so uh, it's just I'd have been about nine. But as with any kind of kid at school and the playground banter, you, you had to have your favorite pop music, your favorite mm-hmm. band or whatever, favorite uh, music. But then you had to have your favorite team, and um, the choices were were there. There's an enormous a lot of. London-based Man United fans, as they still are, as you probably know. Yeah. Um, but the Chelsea contingent was particularly large, and they were particularly loud and yeah. quite aggressive. But there was one particular game, and if you want to, coming down to the nub of your question, the, the thing that triggered it off was the 1967 Cup final. So for, uh, for, for, for Casper's benefit, yeah. that was against Spurs <laughs> against Chelsea. Yeah, it was, the, called the, it was billed as the Cockney Cup final. And we had people like Jimmy Greaves, Gil Zine, uh, I think even Terry Venables played in it. Did, and yeah. and um, I think Mackay had finished by then. But uh, um, we basically, Spurs triumphed in that game. And I remember the um, the guys in the white shirts dancing around Wembley with the yeah. FA Cup. And those uh, cocky Chelsea fans yeah, on the yeah. Monday morning yeah, yeah. weren't quite so, <laughs> so, so loud. They were... Bit, bit silenced by that so yeah so 50 odd years later you know I'm still hooked yeah um, on the Spurs yeah brilliant I like that and Casper when you go into school now is there still a lot of arguments as you go into school on the Monday for teams if Spurs have lost well not so much now but there was why could Spurs win more yeah okay it's good good to know the banter still goes on at school yeah Okay, Peter, that's interesting. And sorry for being ages, starting, no, uh, starting you off. Um, so, Rob. Yes. Obviously, a lot different 
for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Given the background. I, I really like that, Peter. That, um, it's really interesting because it's, uh, it's, I don't know if you guys know, there's a sports fan, Paolo Hewitt, and Paolo's a uh, big music writer, and um, he's written a, a brilliant book. Uh, he wrote a brilliant book about his experiences of growing up in a, in a children's home, but he's the same age as you, which he won't thank me for saying on the, on the, on the podcast. Um, but Paolo's reasons for sporting Tottenham are almost exactly yours, that 1967 yeah. final. Oh, wow. um, so it, it's strange how, I guess you would have been nine at the time. Uh, yeah, it'd be nine, yeah. Nine I at the time, yeah, yeah, where you, you, you sort of formative years, really, and uh, you, you're sort of just starting to make decisions for yourself. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So mine, if I rewind slightly, mine is, um, I always I always make the joke that um, my dad, who unfortunately died before I knew him, well, I was six months old at the time, so I did have some sort of knowledge of him, but uh, I always joke that he left me two crosses to bear in life. One was supporting Tottenham and one being a Scotland fan. <laughs> so they're the two things that I, uh, I, I carry through my life and um, have given me lots of, uh, it's sort of character building, I think. Both of them have, have sort of tested my patience. Um, back to, I guess, yeah, for me, there wasn't really a choice. It, it was just something that... Uh, that was that was that was why I was a Spurs fan. Um, I can take it back even further, actually, because my, my grandfather Harry Evans was assistant manager to Bill Nicholson. Yes. Um, unfortunately, Harry, Harry died uh, before I, I was born even. Mm. Um, but uh, effectively, Harry was the reason that my mum and my dad got together, and Spurs were particularly the reason for that. Because when my, when my dad signed in 1959, he was still doing his national service. Yeah. So he would come down, play games. Uh, invariably stay over and then get a train back to complete his national service which sort of puts into perspective what today's footballers go through yeah. um, and most of that was you know working out his own logistics but Spurs used to always put him in a, a hotel nearby or yeah. B&B or something yeah. and apparently one day my, my grandfather who was a real real fantastic people person that's what loads of guys that were around at the time he saw my dad walking across it was a, I think it was Easter a holiday so it would have been Easter 1960. And my dad walking across the car park looking slightly confused or slightly across, I think. And, and Harry said to him, what's the matter, John? And he said, well, I said, I'm supposed to be staying down tonight, but nobody's booked me anywhere and, and everywhere's full because it's Easter holidays. Mm. Um, so I've really got nowhere to stay. And, and Harry said, um, he said, well, we've got a spare room at our house. What he forgot in that grand plan was they also had a 16-year-old daughter. And my, my, you know, and the rest sort of, yeah. <laughs> However many years later, they, he, as my nan said, basically moved in for one night and they never got rid of him after that. So, uh, <laughs> oh, brilliant. And that, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically me. I've got no choice in the matter. But, yeah, um, I sometimes think it is good having no choice in who you support. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree, I agree. Um, but just, just sort of uh, just dwelling a little bit on your father, I, I, I swear I read a comment somewhere about how... Um, Someone, I think it might be Jimmy Greaves. I think you you might have been talking to Jimmy Greaves and he was comparing, you were looking at Luka Modric playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm right? because um, th there's more footage than there used to be. That, that yeah. um, You know, they used to, used to just occasionally see a glimpse of him on cup final day. They would show yeah. Spurs in the 60s or something. Um, but now there's more and more footage. But I think one of the obsessions all through my life, because I'm a, a football, well, I'm a sports obsessive sports addict but also football obsessive and it's been trying to work out what sort of player my dad was and doing the book I mean I, I sort of came to probably uh, overblown conclusion that I think because he died when he was so young that actually there are certain players that 
define their genre like best Pele, Charlton, mm. they become or Cruyff, uh, you know, they become the player that other people say, oh yeah, he's like that. So it's always been a massive frustration for me. So when I was researching the book, I was talking to Jimmy Greaves about it, and it was at the time where Modric was, uh, I thought he was the best player yeah. that we had, basically. Yeah. It was uh, 2007, well, 2000, probably 2009, I think, yeah, possibly. Yeah. My yeah. chronology is yeah. not very good. Yeah. But anyway, I said to uh, Jim, um, you know, what, what, I like Modric, what's, is that, is he like my dad? And he, and he just shook his head, yeah. laughed and went, no, nowhere near, son, wow. nowhere near. At which wow. point the hairs on the, well, whatever yeah, yeah, hair was well, left yeah, on the back yeah. of my neck, wow. stood yeah. up. And um, I was talking to, actually I was talking to, sorry, name dropping, but I was talking to Cliff Jones yeah. uh, about, about a month ago, yeah. uh, uh, spending a day with him, and uh, I was talking about that, and I was just, this sort of, I'm still frustrated, because Cliff has always described him a bit like, Hoddle with Hoddle that would bring himself into the game, whereas yeah. uh, you know, um, you know, uh, like Hoddle, but a lot more influential on yeah. the game, both ends of the pitch. Um, and I was saying about this Modric thing, and actually, he said probably now he could see all you know, Modric when he was was it the year before last when he was uh, player of the year, yeah, uh, Imperious, wasn't he? yeah, 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 and yeah. I think that's probably closer thing okay. but it's still yeah. a frustration for yeah. me that, that yeah. nobody could quite pinpoint that player but yeah. It, you know whatever player he was he was some player that's all yeah. 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 So. yeah I mean I, I, I just did some research recently I've sort of looked quite into it and he you know my father-in-law Casper's granddad is a huge was a huge fan a huge Spurs fan young and sort of says how brilliant how fantastic he was you know at the time one of the best players in the world so mm. yeah so wonderful so you didn't really have a choice no exactly no. which I think <laughs> That, that might be a common thing as we come <laughs> on. Yeah. So, Ricky, if you could sort of uh, tell me uh, your sort of... Uh... Yeah, well, I did have a choice because my parents aren't interested in football at all. Um, well, I... why, why did you do that then? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was similar to what Peter said. It was that thing when you're a kid and you've got to have a team, haven't you? And all my friends were Liverpool fans. And I remember, because my parents weren't into football when I grew up near Slough and they, they were trying to kind of persuade me maybe I should be a Watford fan because they, they worked out that was yeah they were a top flight team they were quite close but yeah it was my mate's dad who I can't remember I can't remember my first game um my mate's dad started taking me to the games when I was about six years old I think so I can't remember what my first game was but I can remember the experience of it you know so the thing for me I don't know if you guys have had this experience when you were little but um I think we were in the West Stand upper so when you're walking up those concrete state, uh, stairs at the old White Hart Lane, there's like a little, there are these little gaps in the walls, they're quite low down, so if you're a kid there, they're kind of head height. And so I just remember walking up these stairs, I was probably quite disinterested, and suddenly I saw through this gap, you know, like, yeah. all the people, the stadium, however many it was, 50,000 people. Mm. Oh, I was just wow, you know that just yeah, it just yeah. like I just never forget that moment because it yeah. was like and that was the moment I became a Spurs fan. Yeah. And then the thing that probably hooked me in was later, it was Gazamania kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen ninety, the uh, you know Italian ninety, yeah. and then I guess we won the FA Cup in ninety one, yeah. and and that FA Cup final in ninety one, yeah. you know that FA Cup victory in ninety one really hooked me in. Yeah. But I was obsessed with Gaza. I used to yeah. like. Do drawings of Gaza. Oh, really? Was, was like wow. completely obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah. And I think had I not been a Spurs fan, I might have become one yeah. because of Gaza. But I was quite pleased that I already was yeah. a Spurs fan. Um, yeah. So it was, 
Gaza and Lineker, really, they were, yeah. they were both Spurs players, weren't they? Yeah, and we had, we had Waddle at the time as well. We had yeah, Waddle, really... Waddle was my favourite favorite player, um, I think, before Gaza. Yeah. You know, because we had him before Gaza, didn't we? We did, I used yeah. I love yeah, Waddle. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, I just remember, I could. he was the player we had that kind of did a trick, did a step yeah. over, scored yeah, a lot yeah. of goals as well, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I really love Waddle. The end, my only memory of, of my first ever game, apart from walking up those steps, was... Uh, Ardilis, just he, he yeah. sticks out in my, my head thinking yeah. he, he must have had a really good game. Yeah. Um, he played really well that game. But yeah. the, 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 the Ardilis thing was a, was a really big memory, yeah. and I'm sure Peter and Rob will agree with me. When, yeah. when he sort of first came over yeah. to Spurs, it was unbelievable. They yeah. just won the World Cup. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, yeah, was it just won the World Cup? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. they came over, two yeah. World Cup winners signing. Yeah. They were possibly yeah. the first two foreign players to join. Like, yeah, 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 but yeah. now for you younger guys, <laughs> yeah, really I mean, there's so many foreign players coming into the into team. But remember yeah. when they, for their first game at White Hart Lane, it was Aston Villa, yeah. there was this ticker tape welcome. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we were like trailblazers for yeah. the international transfers. We were, yeah. We sort of set the yeah. benchmark for that. I, I don't quite remember. I'm not old enough to remember when we signed it, but yeah. I suppose so the. I remember. 78. But I remember the closest to that was when we signed Klinsman. That was one yeah. where I just thought. That was unbelievable. We yeah. signed Klinsman. Yeah. You know. Spurs. <laughs> yeah. We signed Klinsman. Yeah. But also, there was, there was another. Uh, I think in that same season, I think there was another Argentinian who came over. Play in the um, football league. Yeah, yeah. Um, Birmingham, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a. Um, you can have a Danish pastry if anyone can get it. Um, yeah. Uh, no, you got you got you, got, you got right. answer the question. <laughs> what, uh, what was the player's name? Yeah, I'll give you the first name, Alex. Sabella. Correct. Oh, right. oh, yeah, Sheffield United, wasn't it? Yeah, Sheffield United. Because yeah, yeah, it was another guy who went to Birmingham later. Oh, there was a yeah, Claudio someone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can have a instead. Have a banana. Oh, treat treat you. yourself. Treat <laughs> yourself. All, all the mod cons here. <laughs> cool. Right. So as we, as we sort of so we've done Peter sixty one. We've done Rob and uh, now Ricky forty one and now Sim twenty one. So hey. what originally brought you to support Spurs and was there a particular thing which hooked you for life? Um, well, like um, Rob here, I didn't really have much of a choice either. Um, and my the start of my Tottenham. Fanship, if you will, was down to the man at the end of the table, my dad, I suppose. Um, I didn't, yeah, he, he didn't really leave me with much, much of a choice, and I don't think he would have really. Case packed on the <laughs> I don't think he really would have accepted anything else. Um, but yeah, I, um, I went to school with a lot of United, um, and there was a lot of pressure to support Man United. So they were winning everything under Fergie, and. Um, so yeah, they were obviously they were the obvious team if you wanted to follow the crowd, if you wanted to be a glory hunter at yeah. the time. Um, but my first game was at White Hart Lane against it was against Liverpool in August two thousand and four. Um, it was actually Rafa's first it makes game. Me feel old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It probably doesn't seem that long ago. Feel I don't. I barely even remember the date. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was actually Rafa's first game in English football, okay. and um, and it was more. Towards us, if we put it towards a Spurs context, it was actually the first of the famous turgid twelve of Santini. Oh, <laughs> Jack yeah, Santini. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get shivers thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, the first. If you if you could even remember anything, apparently the games were very unmemorable. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but I started properly following, I'd say, in two thousand and six, and I was gripped and subsequently quite heartbroken by the top four battle and Lasagna Gate. Oh yeah. Which, by the way, was a total injustice because yeah. I don't know if it's common knowledge that David Dean 
who was obviously the Arsenal chairman at the time, was um, also on the board of the FA. Mm-hmm. I think he was one of one of yeah. four. Um, I think there were four four um, Premier League club representatives on the FA board. And if you think about the other ones, they were probably from United and Liverpool. And yeah, you know, I'm sure David Gill from United was there. Um, but annoyingly, he left that role in June 2006, which obviously the damage was done at that point. Yeah, um, I, I just I just wonder what would happen if we had if we had got in the Champions League well, at that time yeah. and lasagna go. Yeah. Where where would we be now? We might it might have been too early to be yeah, fair. We we probably like what was it 15 nearly 15 years down the line we're possibly in a better position yeah now because of it but at the time obviously it hurt (laughs) but um but i would say my love was my love for spurs is really consolidated by my first real game um the first game i remember which was that was bolton in february 07 and i sat a bit like ricky i remember kind of going through the um coming up the concourse, like for me it was coming up the concourse, going down the steps. Um, we were sitting quite pitch side in the old lane and I think in the West End. And um, just, yeah, you see the green of the pitch yeah. and it's just, it's, it just gets you. Um, my, on the day, my all-time favourite player to this day, uh, Robbie Keane, he bagged two. Yeah. Um, but then we were freeing him off, he got sent off. Um, he got sent off, um, they pulled one back and we were suddenly holding on and it was yeah. in that period where no one who, it, I mean Ricky you were at the 5-3 against United on you, I don't yeah. know if anyone else was on the table yeah. was there, yeah, you were there. Oh. Um, and yeah, there was, the murmurings at halftime were all, oh, there's no, and this was against Bolton, put it, for, yeah. this was against Bolton, not Man United, and everyone was like, there's no way we're holding on to this. Yeah. But in the second half, and my dad will remember it. He was he was there with me. Yeah, and again, Berbatov occupied the whole back. Berbatov on his own. Like just his touch <laughs> oh, yeah. was just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Held up the ball. Yeah. Lennon was electric. Genius was tireless. Yeah. And at the end of the game, Dawson came over to our section and punched the air, and that just yeah. that just stuck with me. <laughs> it sounds very 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 sweet, I suppose. Do you, do you, do you think, do you think oh, that set the tone for being a Spurs fan that you can go 2 nil up and then suddenly you're, you're scared? See, we, there have been yeah. times we've been 3 nil up and I think most of us around the table are thinking... Yeah, yeah that once they mentioned the, the Man United. I remember at half-time, were we 3 nil up or 3-1 at half-time? 3 nil up. And I remember everyone around me saying, we're going to get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but not joking. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, so we hadn't the, played well, we hadn't played well. Yeah. And, because with your benefit, we were playing Manchester United, I think it's about 2000, I can't remember when it was, 2005 possibly, yeah. and the Spurs were 3 nil up at half-time, and in the end they lost by a three. <laughs> There's also another one where we were like, beating Man City and yeah, they yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. yeah. that one. See, that's where the term Spursy comes from. Bolton got sent off in the tunnel, didn't they, at half time? Yeah. 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 The turning point was because the Spurs fans were taking the mickey out of um, Ian Wright Phillips. Uh, oh, Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah, I remember they sing a derogatory song about, that's not lower the tone there. Talking about the Zandigate, I remember for me, the heartbreak moment, my first heartbreak moment was the 1987 cup final loss against Coventry. Yeah. I remember with the lasagna gate, uh, waking up in the morning and speaking to my mate who's a Spurs fan, and he was saying, because we'd, we'd heard all the Spurs players were ill, and he was saying, only Spurs could do this. And it reminded me of <laughs> yeah. that cup final against Coventry, you know, we woke up in the morning and and they, they got the kits all wrong. Yeah, remember? Did, yeah. And it was I, like, I've yeah. still never watched that game. I was working really? that day. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's the only cup final, I think it was the only cup final in the 80s I missed that I wasn't actually at. Yeah. And I was working down, I was at college in Bournemouth and I'd stayed down there. I was working and I couldn't get uh, time off, basically. So I've never, I've never seen that game and I won't, I don't think I'll ever watch that game. I've got no desire. No. In fact, an Arsenal fan is a, I have a friend who's an Arsenal fan. I'm, I have to make that <laughs> announcement to everybody. Um, we all have, we've all got yeah. one or Doors two. that way. We've all got one or two, you know. But he bought me the DVD for Christmas one year. Oh, which oh, is still nice. in the wrapper. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it will never get watched. Interesting. Mm. Just yeah. a quick remark about uh, Lasagna again. You do know Arsene Wenger was the chef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sim. And Casper. So Casper's the obviously 11, so you haven't had a long history of Spurs being so young, but... What originally brought you to support Spurs? I know the answer to this. Um, well, probably like everyone else, I didn't really have a choice. Good. Um, because obviously you supporting Spurs for a long time, you made me support them. Okay. And but what do you what do you think? Was there a particular game or moment that you thought, oh wow, I love this. I love supporting um, Spurs. Well, probably. Um, the Man City game away in like the 15-16 season yeah. or the season before mm-hmm. and I think Man City went 1-0 up Indeed. and it was Valentine's Day it was Ericsson's birthday mm-hmm. and I remember Eric Lamella like played it through and he just opened his body and put it in the corner yeah that was for 2-1 wasn't it yeah. and I think we were just we were all all the family were watching it because yeah. I think Spurs were going quite well in uh, in that February of that, yeah. that I think season. that was when we first kind of entered that title race with Leicester. Yeah, I think and so. Yeah, the rest of the time in that game, two one. It was a real statement. Was that the one where City had gone on a winning streak and we ended it? I can't remember, but away away to City was a huge statement, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember there was a. Me and your sister, well, just pretty much me and you watching it in the end, but just the joy of scoring a late goal and jumping around the room was brilliant, wasn't and it? In that game, we were lucky to get a penalty because I, I think it was one of our fullbacks. I crossed it and Sterling's hand went up, and it yeah. definitely wasn't a penalty, but we luckily got it. They'd give it now if we go down. Yeah, they would, yeah, let's, let's, let's not go there. So I like the theme. It's interesting how that pretty much most of us have been made. You got to sport Spurs and. I sort of quite like that because um, my, my, my father was a West Ham fan oh, okay. so I was quite lucky I sort of got out of supporting, supporting that uh, dross over the years anyway so thank you for that guys so we talked about who we were, how why, why we originally came to support Spurs and now sort of just want to take a little bit of a different tack actually so because every fan has different priorities so between players managers boards fans Priorities within a football club can often differ with certain things appearing to hold great significance to different people. But as a fan of Spurs, what is Tottenham Hotspur on the whole and what's your def- definition of success season on season? Like, do you, dec- do you crave trophies? Is annual participation in the Champions League enough? Or maybe you just want to be entertained for a positive brand of football or... Uh, are you just keen that we're like a really rich club and we've got stability and we've, we're showing profitability? So there's lots of different ways different people think about it, but just be interesting to sort of see, you know, what what you sort of expectations uh, and what are you expectations of Spurs? So Rob, we'll start with you. Where do you stand on all this? Um, I guess it's it's for me. The benchmark for me is is I'm looking at the the, the book of goes to White Lane is on the table. Um, so the benchmark for me is always that double side and I don't know, you know, almost the club I think that's the benchmark and I guess people um, 
people might say that's that's the wrong thing to do. I know, uh, I think it was when, was it Don Revy took over at Leeds? Or was it Clough? One or the other took all of the old stuff from the old days out, basically. But I think, I'm, I'm the other way, I think that well, that's something that I think we as a fan base and you know we should be immensely proud of that that team and that's almost set I guess the push and run side in 51 really set the tone for Spurs playing attractive football and to me I mean I, I'm lucky enough <clears throat> you know I did go to it was a time in the 80s when we you know I, as a Spurs fan you thought we go to the cup finals every year yeah, did. Mm. and I was yeah. lucky enough to have seen all those yeah. and I still get really excited and I think there's an issue with modern football for me personally um, it's a contradiction, I guess, where you know, obviously on a financial, commercial basis, Champions League is all important. But actually, you know, I think I think for younger fans, just that excitement of going to Wembley, the excitement of well, sorry, the excitement of going to Wembley for a cup final, yeah, you know, yeah. you're in with a chance of winning, is a fantastic thing. But I, so I think I think for me, uh, I know it's a fragmented answer, not even an answer, just a fragmented statement. But I think. Uh, it's it's more about how we do stuff rather than um, rather than needing to win stuff. Yeah. Yes, that's nice, but it, you know it doesn't. It's not necessarily a be all be, be all and end all for me. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather fans look at you know other fans look at us with a bit of envy. Yeah. Um, and although saying that I'm in my fifty fifth year, and I I do jokingly say that I would take a season of one 0 wins just to win the, the championship, but you know. Uh, so there's a whole yeah. a whole raft of con- contradictions there. Um, I, th- I think I think there's the style of football. I sort of I think the older ones, possibly the style of football, was always a big thing. We didn't, you know, the cup finals in the eighties were brilliant. We had the swagger, you know, we had a lovely football team. Yeah, but but also I think it's quite interesting now, where you know, without wanting to have a dig at younger people, I think on social media, the expectations, maybe the expectations of society are that much higher. Yeah, yeah. it's really important now, and you know, we only. So we've seen such rubbish football. Yeah. Actually, you know, the some of the nineties stuff, so the early two thousands. Yeah. 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 Exactly, all of that stuff which I think I've just about erased yeah. from my hard drive <laughs> in my memory. Yeah. But um, you know, and then people these days complaining towards the end of last season people were complaining, we got to a Champions League final. Wow. It's yeah. it's crazy. You know, yeah, so yeah. um yeah. for me I'm just happy being a Spurs fan. Or miserable being a Spurs fan. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Both at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's really interesting because oh, trophies is a big deal anymore. That, that's mm. I think that's because not many teams win trophies. No. I'm sure Liverpool would take a season of one 0 wins to to win the league. I mean, you saw the yeah. obsession last yeah. season with them in the title. Yeah. Um, but then after a while, I suppose they would start complaining about the style of football, even if they were still winning things. Yeah. Like, we we want to win with style. Or, or yeah. I mean, our, our motto is you know, "Odere e fasua," which is "To dare is to do." You yeah. Know? So yeah. I think I love that. It's quite swashbuckling. I think. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Um, Ricky, where do you stand on all this? It'd be interesting to get the generational... Yeah, I think... Um, for me, like my, my best memory probably as a Spurs fan was the 99 League Cup final where yeah. I went to that game at Wembley and it was a great memory, you know, and um, it's, the only, it's the only one I've been to, really, the only, mm. the only Cup final I've been to that we've won. Third year game from memory. Is it a yeah, probably game was, yeah. Memory, yeah. yeah. Against Leicester, as you yeah. know, they got someone sent off, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Justin yeah. Edinburgh. Yeah. Justin Edinburgh got sent off. Yeah, so I think Alan Nielsen scored. But yeah, it was a rubbish game, but great yeah. celebration. Yeah. But, but the thing is, 
when I was a kid, the the, the league cup was was called the Mickey Mouse Cup. It's never really it's never really been an important cup. So the question of you know would you rather win trophies or, or qualify for the Champions League? There's only four trophies we can win. Yeah. That's the the league cup, the FA Cup, the league, and the Champions League. Five, I suppose, because also yeah. the Europa, uh, Europa League. Ipswich Hospital Cup as yeah. well, possibly. <laughs> but three of those trophies get you into the Champions League. The, you know, the yeah. Europa Cup, Champions League, yeah, yeah. and and the league. So really, it's and and the. I don't think the league. I don't. I wouldn't rather win the league cup than qualify for the Champions League. So the question is, would I rather win the FA Cup than qualify for the Champions League? And I think the FA Cup has diminished in its importance, sadly. And I think I wouldn't. I think I'd rather finish top four. I think because yeah. I. I don't. I, my memory. Well, I had a season ticket back in the nineties, back in the wilderness years, yeah. and I don't want to return to those years. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want us to become a team that that scraps for relegation. Yeah. And that was the context of the '99 win. Was that we a couple of years before we'd been fighting relegation, you yeah, know? Yeah. But um, I don't want to return to that. And I think the way to not return to that is to make sure you always get in the Champions League. Yeah. I remember as a, a teenager, me and my mate was a Leeds fan. We we met we went on holiday and we met some uh, Spanish fans, and they hadn't heard of Tottenham, but they'd really heard of Leeds. I mean, they were so interested in Leeds, they could talk to him about Leeds, and they they hadn't heard of us. And I just thought. That's because Leeds did well in the Champions League, isn't it? You know. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's an unpopular <coughs> opinion, isn't it? Yeah. But I would rather finish top four. Or is it? Or is it an unpopular um, opinion to say out loud? Yeah. I, I guess it. I guess it depends. To what degree do you think the FA Cup has has lost its importance? Yeah. And I mean, I'd still. I'd love to win it. Obviously, I'd love yeah. to win it. But I just think. Yeah. If you if you if you finish in the top four. Yeah. And then you give yourself a chance to do one in the Champions League, and that just yeah. puts you on the map. And yeah. now, having got to a final, you know, it just really raises our, our profile. I remember Borussia Dortmund got to a final a few years ago; they didn't win it, but it really raised their, their profile. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's done the same for us. Do you, Do you think we could have? Uh, do you think Endombele um, would have signed for us possibly if we hadn't got into the Champions League final? And I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I mean. I don't know how good he is because I'm only going by what people have told me. People yeah. say he's amazing. Some podcasts that I've listened to <laughs> recently, they're talking about him like he's Messi. You know? <laughs> I just think mm-hmm. we've been there before, haven't we? Yeah. When we sold yeah. Bale and, and, and we got overexcited. So, yeah. but I think so. I don't know if he's as good as everyone says, but but I think definitely, um, having got to the Champions League final, yeah. has enabled us to sign. Well, me, like well, me, me and Casper saw uh, a little YouTube montage of Ndombele, didn't we? And uh, yeah. I did point out to Casper though, if you've done a YouTube montage of my uh, my football skills, <laughs> possibly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, people, people so always say you can't tell from YouTube montages, but I think no. you can a bit. I yeah, mean, you can. I remember watching a YouTube montage of Sun when we signed him, and yeah. I thought oh, he looks amazing. And, yeah, yeah. and he's the exact. He's the, he turned out to be the player that I thought he would be based yeah, on yeah. Yeah, based on the YouTube montage. But fingers crossed. He had scored 12 go- 12 goal- uh, 20 goals in Spain and 12 have been penalties so yeah. that season. So yeah. I think we had unrealistic expectations. Yeah. He was a very good penalty taker. He was, to be fair. Actually, that was your first ever, his first ever game at White Hart Lane, was your first ever game at White Hart Lane, that pre-season friendly sold out. Scored a penalty that day for me now. Okay, well that's interesting. So, Sim, if you could sort of tell me, it'd be interesting to see you get the younger, the younger people's view. 
Yeah, um, well, yeah, I'm from an era whereby, I mean, like, like Arsene Wenger said, and like Ricky was saying before, and Rob before, before Ricky as well, that being in the Champions League, I think, Wenger, yeah, it was Wenger that, we, that always said it was almost like a trophy to be in the Champions League. And I kind of I agree to the extent that the Champions League obviously means more revenue and it means you can attract better players, etc. But I think what's important, I think what Arsenal and Wenger kind of lost sight of, and they did get a lot of scrutiny for it, rightly, that you, I think you have to make your mark in the competition. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's, there's no point being in the Champions League if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna enjoy being there. It seemed like Arsenal, they were just there for a chore. They might, not, they might as well have not turned up on the Tuesday and Wednesday, especially like when we went into the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Arsenal really, really made their mark in it. And I feel like, obviously last season we got to the final, but it just seems like is it yeah we we made our mark last season and I remember when we first got into it in twenty ten eleven, um, we really made our mark in that year as well like mm-hmm. so many memorable memory so many memorable moments from that that yeah. campaign yeah. the bail the bail hat trick in the San Siro yeah. yeah. the the win in the San Siro yeah. against Real the other man yeah yeah. Um, and I feel I just feel I mean we only got to the quarters yeah. and I suppose we got to the final last last year so it kind of puts that into into perspective yeah. but um, players like Bale Modric Van der Vaart yeah. it was it was kind of like it was, it was I would say it was, it was definitely the making of Bale yeah. it was probably what really put Modric on the map unfortunately yeah. in terms of in terms of being like one of the top players in the world so, so are you saying? So, are you saying that that's that's enough for you? Um, I'm as long as you as long as you make your mark in in the competition. I think, I think it's that's enough to satisfy. I understand the importance of being in it. Full stop. But to satisfy me as a fan, I feel like we still have to put on a good showing in the in the tournament. Okay, but um, do you, do you not crave a trophy win? Um. If I'm totally honest, you can be. I can, <laughs> and I think our I think our current manager, who's considered to be probably possibly one of the best managers since Nicholson, I think he's he could take or leave the the FA and League Cups. He's never won a trophy, has he? He hasn't. He hasn't won a trophy, no. And I personally, I personally could take or leave okay. FA FA or League Cups. I mean, it's not black um, and white, is it? I mean, like I would love to win a trophy, but. but um... But it, yeah, I mean, if you're saying which do you think is more important, then I think yeah. I'm much more interested, it. and I think I'm. <laughs> I'm not saying that Pochettino and me are on the same page about everything. Um, we, I mean, I love what he's doing at the club and everything, but um, he's. Um, I'm more interested in title in title challenges, mm. which means obviously Champions League by default. Yeah, and then which helps you to attract quality players to play the attacking flairful football that. Tottenham are expected to play, and then you get a you get a European run on top of that. Yeah. Then that's kind of I think that would that would outweigh an FA or League Cup to me. Yeah. Going for it, I'd, I'd in other words, I'd rather wait for something big. Okay. Like the Champions League yeah. or a league title than necessarily just take an FA Cup and then go back to like Ricky said go back to the um, yeah, go back to the sort of football that was sometimes seen in the 90s and also I think it's more it's more realistic that we could win the Champions League than, than the league I think 
yeah. at the moment. I mean, it, it seems yeah. like it seems like a a big a big hurdle to mm. to climb to catch up with Man City at the moment. Mm. Whereas a lucky draw in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, exactly. And with the Champions League, we find that it normally takes teams a few years to find yeah. their feet in the Champions League, doesn't it? And, yeah. yeah. And maybe that's happened with us. Um, under Pochettino, but we're there now. We, we've kind of yeah. found our feet, and Agreed. there's no reason we couldn't get to another final. Like you say, if, the, if you get a lucky draw, some of the yeah. some of the top European teams aren't quite as good as they once were. Yeah, in Real Madrid. Yeah. And on that note, I'm going to just interject there for a second. So it just kind of just tease you with the question that would Liverpool have swapped their Champions League win for a league title? Maybe the I think so, yeah, because I think, I think, yeah, I think I'd rather win the league than the Champions League. Yeah, it's harder to win, certainly. It's harder to win, yeah. But, but would, you know, would, would we swap, would we swap that um, last minute goal to get us into the Champions League well, final yeah. for, a, for a League Cup win? Mm. I, yeah, I think the, the only thing that I'm thinking is that in, I think statistically the FA Cup has been won by the top four sides since yeah. Yeah. something stupid like 1999 so yeah. bizarre yeah, right. and look yeah. at the other winners Wigan and Portsmouth yeah. look at would you be where they are now yeah, uh, yeah it's not I know it's, it's not everything but uh, I think we've probably got the <laughs> we, yeah. in theory we should have the capacity to win both but you can we imagine should. you know it's a bit like Arsenal I guess years ago the, the conversation would have always been at board level most clubs, I guess, is what what what's the list of priorities, mm. and for them, as you as you said a second ago, it seems like if if getting to Champions League is just a financial thing, mm. then what's the point in doing that? Yeah, because yeah. all you're doing is qualifying every year to get more money. But it, then I guess you know Levy would would say that's that's why we're in business and that's why we do what we do. Yeah. But I just think there is statistical proof that other top four teams have managed to win an FA Cup yeah. and get back yeah. into Champions League. Yeah. 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 So I think it's a bit of a mindset thing. If you, yeah. you know, it's, it's got to be human nature. If you just, if it's low on your list of priorities, then it's yeah. actually like we lost that as a man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't agree with that. I mean, I would love to win an FA Cup, and I don't agree with kind of putting out weakened teams. And, and mm. I would like to win it. I, I guess it was just, you know, if it was. If I had, if it was, if it's, if winning an FA Cup is at the expense of, of the top I'm four. I'm just laughing because we've all, we've all, we've all lost so many semi finals. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. The fact I would, I don't yeah. actually want another semi final. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, yeah, marginally, I would choose top four over the FA Cup, but we don't have to choose, you yeah. know. Yeah. Interesting, Sim. So, Casper, for you, being younger, do you, do you, as a youngster, do you crave us winning a trophy, any trophy, or are you just happy, you know, um, seeing Spurs in the Champions League, seeing us play Inter, Ajax, Juve? Well, um, like, now that we've gone, got into the Champions League final and it's, like, raised our profile, I think it's time for us to, like, try and push for a trophy because, like, we can't just be that one team like fighting for the top four, like with no trope, like not that much trophy experience. Yeah. So I think maybe we need to. But, but would you would you be happy say next season? I mean, you you're lucky you've sort of grown up and you get to see Real Madrid and and Ajax and uh, you know all these good teams Inter. Um, Barcelona, you know, last year we saw. But you would you be happy? Would you be happy say? winning a league cup and then going out of the group stage of the Champions League I mean I would I would rather be in the Champions League than a league cup but then okay. if it was if we were talking about the FA Cup I'd rather win the FA Cup okay. because of like the history and everything interesting mm. yeah. okay so 
Peter, that's a real extreme now, from an 11 year old to, yeah. to <laughs> a 61 year old. So, you know, what's, yeah. what's your sort of take on this? Yeah, well, I, I just I absolutely crave trophies. Ah, okay. Um, and the reason for it is just, like I said, like the era that I came up in, yeah, yeah. we had won the double yeah. in recent history, a Billy Nick, on the Billy Nick, who yeah. was the manager at the time. Um, retained the FA Cup uh, in 62, then we went on to be the first club to win a European trophy. Yeah. Yeah, first British club to win a European trophy, I should say, yeah. in 63, Cup Winners Cup. Yeah, it? right. Yeah. Uh, 67, as I said, I mentioned before. Yeah. And then when I started actually going to the games, I saw us lift the um, League Cup at uh, Wembley, stood on the shelf when we won the UEFA Cup mm. in uh, 72, mm. uh, won the League Cup again in 73. Mm. Um, of course, we all know about 81 and 82. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just became like a, a way of life for Spurs to be. In fact, I think there was a period we went through where we, we hadn't actually lost the final. Yeah. Mm -hmm. when, when we got to a final, yeah. we were expected yeah. to win it. And so, yeah, really crave trophies and then that that and then we won it again in 91 and then it's just like that really long eight years felt like a really long time to the 1999 league cup or yeah. they call it the Worthington cup at that point yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah which was the game that you long wait you know yeah. and then obviously you got the dominance of man united and all that during that period seeping through so yeah, I, I grew up in an era where we stood sort of toe to toe mm -hmm. with teams like that, mm -hmm. and we there was a tradition of Spurs winning trophies. Mm -hmm. Although you know, in latter years we tended to be more league cups rather, but we're still winning FA Cup. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're right, FA mm -hmm. Cup had more glamour yeah. than mm -hmm. it had. It was the game that you watched as a family together that was the game that the biggest game of the season before I, before the Premier League sorry to jump in there but I think yeah. it was actually personally I think it was bigger than the league yeah. as a fan yeah. as a kid growing up because yeah. Yeah. the FA Cup was the only day where you would get live televised football yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, aside yeah. from the World Cup but that, that, so it was a big day where yeah. it was almost like the league was just this thing yeah, I agree yeah. the Premier League changed all that yeah, yeah. Yeah. the money came in but like the global reach of the Premier League they talk about they talk about how the FA Cup was that kind of that global competition that yeah. everyone walks around yeah, the world yeah. Yeah. And I was like talking about the Premier League then. Uh, yeah. So so and then so when you go into then you've got like another I don't know what ten year wait to yeah. the League Cup in two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah. And now we're looking at an eleven year. Yeah, yeah. See, so yes, yes, I do crave trophies for that reason, and I don't. I think that winning is a habit. Yeah. I think if you win a League Cup, yeah. Why shouldn't that lead to you winning a? A title, yeah. Mourinho, when he first came here, the first trophy he won was the League Cup yeah, was at the mm -hmm. Millennium Stadium. That's because yeah. he knew that get that winning mentality into yeah. the DNA yeah. of the players, and then you know they're going to want to win again and again. So yeah, crave trophies, but very close behind that. Yeah, I want to be entertained. I yeah. mean, ah, but then okay. I, I said, came up in a time when we were associated with. A particular style of football, you know. Yeah. You mentioned the push and run. You know, there was always a style yeah, that yeah. we played. We so we won, but we won with style. So, 
Yeah, I want to win trophies, but I want to be entertained. I like it. Those are my two. That's interesting because for for me, I always wanted to be entertained. And I remember the period in the nineties with the man in the raincoat being the being the manager. I remember I used to go to White Hart Lane. I used to go to the pub of fine, and sometimes I didn't bother going in. Just to stay in the pub all afternoon with my friends, which is criminal because I, yeah. I knew it was going to be turgid. Remember a cup tie against Bolton once. I just stayed in the pub all afternoon in the corner. Piece. I used to have a. I, I used to go with my with my partner with my girlfriend at the time, and then we'd split up. So I had a spare ticket, a spare season ticket. I couldn't give it away. Yeah, yeah. We we were Casper. I cannot tell you what the fuck. It was dreadful football in the nineties. To watch one in the warm-up. Yeah, yeah. Just in the warm-up. Yeah. Doing I agree. I agree. Okay, that's a really interesting cross-section there of the older ones. Actually, I think pretty much it's an interesting cross-section of views. Thank you for listening to part one of the inaugural Year Into One podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed producing it and would value any feedback or comments you might have regarding the podcast. Many thanks to Ian Wallace for anchoring, as well as, of course, to Peter Wright, Rob White, Ricky Swarbrick, and Casper Wallace for their participation alongside myself, Simeon Wright. In part two, we'll be sharing our favourite areas of supporting Spurs, including standout players from the chosen periods, plus reflecting on our all-time highs and lows experience during the mandatory rollercoaster of this way of life, and finally attempting to forecast the kind of future that Ricky's one-year-old son Frankie is likely to see when he hopefully follows in the footsteps of his father as a lifelong Tottenham Hotspur supporter.